0: Ashley of the movies. I'm Matt. I'm Ashley, and we're joined again by Grant. Hi, Grant. Hi, guys. And uh, we're back with another uh, installment of our 13 Days of Halloween. We're leading up to Halloween. We talk about a film in the horror or thriller genre. This falls, I think, into the more latter camp, the thriller genre. And today's episode is from 1978. It's called Magic. Grant's going to tell us about it.
1: Thanks, Matt. Ma- magic, yeah, 1978, directed by uh, Richard Attenborough. Uh, the film is about uh, a rather shy magician uh, or ventriloquist uh, played by Anthony Hopkins, who is on the sort of just about to hit the big time, potentially. Uh, and he has a kind of crisis of confidence because he needs to have a medical in order to get onto the big time and get onto the sort of TV. And he's a bit nervous about having this medical because, as you find out throughout the film, uh, Anthony Hopkins has got some, uh, shall we say, uh, mental um, uh, issues uh, in that he has a kind of split personality with his uh, ventriloquist dummy. And so he kind of retreats to his childhood home to try to. Um, Pull himself together a little bit, I guess, and escape the pressure. And there he falls head over heels, really, in love with a sort of an old flame of someone that he used to um, feel very attracted to when he was younger, played by Anne Margaret. Uh, but things don't go so well because he does—he has this kind of split personality, and one aspect of his personality isn't too keen on. Um, Anthony Hopkins's character becoming too attached to Anne-Margaret. I think I'll leave it there, but uh, but one thing I will, sorry, I will add is that the film was inspired, I think, by a small piece in the 1945 film called Dead of Night, which is about a
2: ventriloquist who also seems to have a split personality. Thanks. Oh, thank you for that Um, synopsis. Uh, So I thought this movie was really good. Um I, I came away from it thinking that it's really a showcase for Anthony Hopkins. Um he is just very convincing as this kind of failed magician, magician who um you know brings this ventrilo- the ventriloquist dummy into his act and and then you, you see him kind of gradually devolve and um become less mentally stable throughout the picture. And it's kind of horrifying to watch. And I feel like, you know, with, in, a, with, in the hands of a lesser actor, it just would have not worked at all and would have been cheesy and, and just stupid. Um, but he sells it, and it works for me. So, um, yeah, I was really impressed by that. The, you know, the other performances are, 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 are fine. I, re- I liked Burgess Meredith, who plays his kind of agent, Um, and there are some really great scenes with him. Um, and Margaret, you know, is always nice to see her. I feel like she's a little underused here, but, um, um, so yeah, the,
0: the cast is good.
2: Yeah. I found it very effective.
0: So I have a lot to say about this movie. Uh, first of all, it's weird. I, I, I respect it. I think it's well done. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a proper film. You know, I mean, um, you know, Attenborough directed it. So, I mean, when I saw his, I mean, I I literally knew nothing about this movie for 45 years, (laughs) except that Anthony Hopkins was in it as a ventriloquist and uh, there was a ventriloquist dummy and I, the things were kind of weird. That's pretty much all I knew. So, but when I saw Richard Attenborough's name come up in the credits, I was like, Oh, well, this, this is going to be more of a proper, proper film. (laughs) Uh, And it it is. And that was fine. I am a person, I will say this, who, when it, and this is just personal preference, when it comes to ventriloquist vincul- dummy movies, I prefer a little bit of Supernatural in those. This this does not have that element, but that's, you know, that's your own personal preference. Uh, your, your mileage may vary on that. <laughs> this is a pretty good tour de force for Anthony Hopkins. You can see, you know, some 13, 14 years before Silence of the Lambs, you can, you know, see his greatness here on display although he was in movies long before this as well but this really showcases his his acting ability um it, it's funny so i use the Letterboxd app um, which if you don't use that and you like movies i would suggest you try that out but you know i i logged this after we watched it and you can give like any you know a, a, up to a five star rating if you want and i initially gave it three and a half and then i went back an hour later i'm like no 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 i'm gonna, I'm gonna give this a four and I think the next night at dinner, uh, Ashley, you and I were talking about it. And I'm like, no, I'm dropping this back down to a three and a half. <laughs> there, there's there's a lot of things that I feel like um, could have been done better, which we, we can talk about. But, uh, you know, so aside from Anthony Hopkins, Burgess Meredith is in this as his uh, agent. And I think Burgess Meredith is quite good in this. And there's a scene, my favorite scene in this movie, mm-hmm. is when Burgess Meredith asks him, Anthony Hopkins, to not use his dummy for uh, five minutes. Yes. <laughs> and just the way that's directed and edited and the way Burgess and, and Anthony uh, act opposite each other, and that is just superb. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I love that scene. I do agree with you, Ashley. So Anne-Margaret is a, is a fine actress, um, but I, I, I feel like in this movie she does not much except look forlorn, and pine for corky who's the anthony hopkins character and i found a lot about their relationship um a little hard to believe uh but yeah that's those are my quick thoughts how about you grant what did you think of this movie you you recommended this movie to us so um what's your thoughts
1: yes I, I did recommend it um because uh yes i am a big fan of this film i think it's a really intelligent and well-crafted psychological thriller I think we've all sort of both spoken about how you know this is a proper movie, Mm -hmm. and you look at the people like behind the camera, in front of the camera, they know what they're doing. Um, And that scene you just mentioned, Matt, I think is one of my favourite scenes in sort of seventies psychological thrillers. Um, The fate, the way it's acted, um, you know, in the silence of that five minutes. Well, well, it doesn't make it five (laughs) minutes, obviously, but um, the facial expressions on Burgess Meredith. The sort of suspicion in his eye, and he's got glasses on, and he's sort of little twitches <laughs> and things like that. And then the same on, on um, uh, Anthony Hopkins' side, I think works brilliantly. Uh, I also think the score is very good. It's by Jerry Goldsmith, mm-hmm. and it's got sort of got two sides to it. Whenever Fats, which is the name of the dummy, or um, uh, should we say Anthony Hopkins' least nice persona, uh, whenever he's kind of in control. There's a really eerie harmonica type theme, <laughs> and when Corky, as Anthony Hopkins, is in control, the music is much more orchestral and less kind of eerie. And I, 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 I like that. Uh, there's another scene as well at the beginning, which I think is brilliant, which is where it's when it you're sort of being introduced to Corky. And the film really early on establishes his sort of fragile state of mind because he's, ex- he's sort of lying about how well a gig went. He's saying the audience mm. loved the gig. And you can hear him talking um, as he's describing it. But what, what's actually shown on film is the gig itself. And you can see that he wasn't, the audience weren't applauding him. They were booing him and they were jeering him. And I think that's that's a great sort of juxtaposition of sort of in the dialogue over the top of a visual representation of how it really happened. So straight off, you like this guy is is you know he's he's lying about things. He's he's clearly got some confidence issues. Uh, and I think it's an incredibly sad film um, for all concerned. I mean, Anna Margaret's got a very pitiful role. I mean, she's in a very unhappy marriage. Uh, and she sees Corky as potentially her way out and then quickly realises that Corky's not a way out because he's not playing with a full set of cards uh, and I think it's just a, it's, it's a movie which I enjoy watching but it does have a, a real impact on me when I watch it because it, it makes me feel sad and I think that's the, the power of, 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 the, of the cast and the people behind the camera uh, one thing I will Say because you know I think you didn't like it as much. Matt is that this film um, divided uh, Siskel and Ebert quite famously. (laughs) So if you watch there, Gene Siskel loved this film and said it was one of the best films of 1978, and Roger Ebert was having none of it. He thought it was nothing nothing special, um, and he made a point which I think is true: there are not many surprises in the film. Yeah, you kind of know. You kind of know where everything's going, and it's never really implied that the doll, that Fats, is supernatural. You know that he's not. You know that it's Anthony Hopkins' sort of second persona and his schizophrenia. And I think perhaps the film might have worked a little bit better if they tried to not be so open about that and played a kind of you know two two sides of the tale, and perhaps leave a bit more ambiguity about the origin of Fats, the dummy.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I don't know. I felt like, as I was watching the film, I was wondering if, if, if several times if there was a supernatural element to it. I feel like they hint at it a couple of times where you see the the dummy in the background moving and um, the, Anthony Hopkins doesn't be, seem to be there. <laughs> Matt's not convinced, but...
0: I'm not. I can feel <laughs> it. Once I saw Richard Attenborough's name in the credits, I was like, oh, this is a <laughs> This is going to be a proper movie. So. <laughs> yes. um, I
2: guess one thing I had to buy into though was this the whole concept of him incorporating ventriloquism into his act and suddenly becoming very popular. <laughs> I just don't find that that is very plausible. You're acting like this was me something, <laughs> you know?
0: Like,
2: uh. Yeah, I, like there's there's a line of people waiting to get into the club, and he's been on the Carson show. They they mentioned twice um, once he you know has the the dummy. I just found that to be kind of silly. <laughs>
0: right. well about that so actually and so just as i've said in this show before I, I did have a bit of a hearing loss issue but there's dialogue I i not always catch but you had to fill me in on this afterwards actually but yeah so the big the thing is so the reason quirky retreats to the catskills or i guess he's from is because yeah burgess meredith's his agent is going to get him a, a national television gig mm-hmm. and he has to do a physical and Corky's like, oh no, 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 no. They're gonna find out I have mental issues. And mm-hmm. so he runs away. But they've also said, I mean, he's been on the Carson show, the Tonight yeah. Show. And I was like, well, he's already been on national television. But then I guess I missed some dialogue, Ashley, that you told me that it was actually a show featuring himself. Not, yeah, so not like just a, a not just a guest gig. It was a pilot for a series. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that was a little required a, a little more. Right. Can we say too, okay, <laughs> about so yeah, I so Grant talked about the opening scene in this movie where Corky has done a show, and he comes back to this apartment where this his mentor Merlin, who's very ill, is there, and he's telling Merlin about how the show went. And as Grant says, it's you know he's saying it one way, but we see that it went another. And that's a good that's a good scene. I like mm-hmm. the way it's directed. Um, but then yeah, so a year later he he's kind of rejiggered, and he has uh, uh, come back with this ventriloquist <laughs> dummy, and I'm like okay. I mean, there's those acts. I mean, I know there's been a few successful ones. Like I, I referenced Madam a few moments ago, but mm-hmm. that seems to, you know, but, but these ventriloquists are a dime a dozen. And I don't know if maybe, maybe the seventies were different, but I don't know if people would be lining up for blocks like weeks on end to see a ventriloquist act, which, and here's the other thing. We see a bit of his act was not all that <laughs> compelling. Like I mean I I don't know I was sitting oh and that, so David Ogden Steers has a a, a brief scene uh, where he, he comes to the to see the magic or the, talk about magic in a moment but he he comes to see the ventriloquist show and um, Burgess he's sitting with Burgess Meredith and initially you know he's not he's not convinced but Burgess is just like watch. let's watch it watch it unfold. <laughs> And yeah, we see a bit of the show. And and David steers is like the most easily impressed person <laughs> I've ever seen in a movie. He's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. This dude, we're gonna get him his own show. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Based on this this so-so act you've seen on this in this nightclub, you were <laughs> gonna give this man a pilot for his own television show. I mean, I <laughs> I was like, okay. And then finally, I'll just say, too, I was thrown by this title, and maybe Grant can explain it to us, but it's called Magic. And I know it's based on a, on a novel, who the, the, the novelist also did the screenplay for this, but, I, I mean, there is no magic in this movie. Uh, ventriloquist acts are not really magic. I mean, they're voice-throwing, but I, I re- magic is when somebody does something and you don't know how they do it, and it's usually kind of uh, it has a bit of a awe to it, right? I mean, everyone knows a ventriloquist is manipulating the dummy. That's not magic. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Hopkins does have this card trick that he does, but it is, he, he fumbles it so often that I, I'm sitting there barely wanting to even call it a magic trick um, so I don't know, Grant, why is this called Magic? <laughs> uh,
1: beats me, I don't know either. I've never, I've never known why the film is called Magic.
0: Um,
1: and uh, I, I admit the first time that I watched it, because all, all I knew before I watched the film, I watched the film years ago, was I, I, I knew the, the, the poster, which was a ventriloquist dummy, basically, and then Anthony Hopkins, and a film, the film title, which was Magic, And I thought this must be about a supernatural dummy until exactly like that. I saw Richard Attenborough's name. I thought there is no way that Richard Attenborough is going to direct a movie about a killer dummy. (laughs) 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 And if, and if he does, then I need to go home and reevaluate everything I think about cinema. (laughs) Um, but, uh, uh, so I don't know why the film is, is, is called that. Um, but I wanted to pick up on something that you've, you said about the sort of believability of, of it uh, in terms of, as she said, you said, know, people liking ventriloquism and things. I think there is one scene which I find hard to believe, which is the first time Anna Margaret meets Corky and Fats and she goes crazy for the dummy.
0: Mm-hmm. She
1: loves him. Now, I think if you turned up at somebody's house that you hadn't seen for 30 years, and you had a dummy on your arm, and you started <laughs>
2: talking to her with a dummy, she probably shattered your face. Yes. yes, It's a creepy
0: dummy, too. <laughs> well, aren't all of the dogs creepy? Well,
2: to an extent, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, okay, too. So, speaking of Anne Margaret's character, I, I guess I, and you know, you see this a lot more in older films, and this is an older film now, but then you do maybe more modern day stuff, but she's just so. Ineffectual and so like, I mean, there's a scene. So uh, you know, earlier I mentioned how Anthony Hopkins fumbles his card trick, and and, and it's important. I mean, that that is plays into his psyche, right? So I, I get the whole significance of this card trick as in the story. That said, there's a scene where he's trying to show it to Anne Margaret, and uh, they're sitting at a kitchen table, and he's you know asking her to take part in it, and it doesn't go well and he flips out and she kind of recoils a bit but like she doesn't leave she doesn't tell him to get out and i'm just sitting here like look this is some dude you knew in high school <laughs> i don't know the 20 30 years ago and he just shows up at your door and you know you're married you guys haven't seen each other in decades and he's acting; he's exhibiting several behaviors of an abusive person, and you're just like, oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, well, well, let's let's try the trick again," you know. And, and I'm just like, "Where are you?" And I, look, I know that there's people, men and women, who are in real life abusive relationships. I know that's a thing that happens, and unfortunately, but I guess just I don't know. I don't know what I was wanting from from this or from her, but I that that whole that, oh it just made me. This may be uncomfortable. Yeah, there seem to be a lot
2: of alarm bells going off that she doesn't pick up on mm-hmm. or chooses to ignore. But she's in a she's in a bad relationship herself. I mean, I don't know if it's abusive, but it's not a very loving relationship. So maybe she's just looking for something.
0: Well, let's talk about that. I'm going to get Grant's take on this. So, actually, when you and I had an offline conversation about this movie, you kind of flat out said you you did not like her husband, no, I who's didn't. played by Ed Lauder. Mm-hmm. and uh, or I forget how you put it. Not that you. I don't know, you you, you basically, I mean, you, you give very negative adjectives to describe him. Yes. <laughs> and while I don't think he's going to win the warm and cuddly award of the year, um, I do, I, well, I, I want to know what, you, what are your thoughts, Grant? What are your thoughts on that character, her husband?
1: I think I'm with Ashley. I I, I didn't warm to him at all. I think there's a threat about him uh, and the way that he's, you know, he's played. He has a almost like a, phys- a physical threat. You know, it's, it's, it's not really said, but I don't get good vibes from him. <laughs> and, and, and his interactions with Anne-Margaret suggest that he doesn't give her
0: good vibes either, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is pretty important if it's your husband, Charlie. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, so okay. But, I, I, I agree. I don't get good vibes off of him. And they don't have a good marriage. I mean, I was very curious. I wanted to know, like, how how do they hook up? How do they end up getting married? But, you know, she's there left to run this isolated cabin retreat thing on a lake. And then he goes and off. I don't remember what it was he does for a living, but he goes off a lot for work. But when he comes home in the movie, Anthony Hopkins is there. And he's immediately suspicious. And as we know in the movie, he has a right to be suspicious because Anthony Hopkins and, and Margaret have already been having sex in this movie. <laughs> and she is doe-eyed over Corky and 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 yeah, I mean, so another pins where I mean I, I gotta be say I, I sympathize more with him than I do with Anthony Hopkins, uh, based upon what happens. And I guess my whole thing is like, yeah, I get it. They had louder husband character, he's not really a you know person of the year um but i think you you do a disservice to you know when you write about this you do a disservice to kind of getting that across when you put him in a situation where he almost is is justified not just any i mean he never is abusive i mean he never like hits anyone or uh whatever but like he's justified and and not and not acting nice because he comes home and immediately senses the the tension in the air and knows something's up. And something is up. So it's like, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> something's going on.
2: I don't know. I feel like I need to, to see it again maybe. But there's a scene with um, Ann-Margaret and her husband, and I think they're in her bedroom, their bedroom. I don't know. The, the The way that he acts towards her and the things he says to her sounded very controlling and maybe not physically abusive, but perhaps emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I feel like I kind of need to see it again. Although one of my favorite scenes does involve the husband. There's a wonderfully tense and suspenseful scene where um, Anthony Hopkins and Ann Margaret's husband are on the lake and there's a body that's been disposed and potentially could be discovered. And I found that to be really uh, a really great scene. That's a good scene.
0: And again, I want to be clear. I don't think the husband is a good character. (laughs) I don't think he's a great guy. (laughs) I just saying, he, we don't see him killing people in this movie we do <laughs> see Anthony true. Hopkins killing people in this movie so yeah uh, yeah. further thoughts Grant
1: well just on that yeah you're completely right I mean he's we might say that he gives off bad vibes right but he's not a schizophrenic ventriloquist <laughs> with a murderous <laughs> you know streak. and it might have been might have been better for Anne Margaret if she'd still have just stayed with her, with, with him <laughs> Um, but I was going to comment on um, that 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 scene at the end, the lake scene, which I think is shot so well. The sort of the lake looks so crisp and um, eerie, uh, and I, I I think it sort of talks to the professionalism of the picture. So like you can I, I can I can see with some, see why Matt says some of the, or understand why Matt says some of the things that he said. Um, but I think we we you know we all agree that the film is very technically good, yes. And uh, and that matters. If it, and, and I think that you see that you know at, at the end of the the end of the film as well. Um, uh, just a final reflection. I, I, I do think that whilst Burgess Meredith is very very good, I, I think he's a bit underused in the film. He's not in the film that much. The scenes he's in, he holds brilliantly. And I think they could have made a bit more use of him. That's I one of my quibbles with the movie.
0: I would agree. Yeah, he was a highlight for me. Mm-hmm. All right. So, score time, what would you give this out of 10, Grant?
1: <sighs> Whew, uh, magic, 1978, out of 10. It's going to be a nine.
2: All right, Ashley. I give it a 7.7. 7. <laughs>
0: I give it a 7.6. So our score is an 8.1. That is magic, Uh, part of our 13 days of Halloween. Uh, Grant, thank you for joining us.
1: Absolute pleasure. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you all for listening. Thank you.